This is a Ward Scott Files advisory. The Ward Scott Files podcast may contain material not suited for people who are easily offended. Trust us on this. This show contains adult information and opinions. Please protect small children, sensitive pets, fragile houseplants, and liberal relatives. Thank you. Warthog. He's going to come up the steps. Here he comes. Oh my goodness, and he's huge. Hello, boy. I wonder if we can pet him. Hi, boy. Can we touch him? No, don't. Help me! Help! Help! Good morning, good morning. Professor Ward Scott here in the Manly, Manly Warthog Command Center, as you know, which is inside the Mellon Law Studio, which is inside a crime prevention protected facility here 24-7. Always uh, get with crime prevention for security systems, cpss.net. And of course, Melvin Law is the only official law firm partner of the University of Florida Gators. They won't back down and they'll provide all sorts of legal services for you. So uh, you are so advised and govern yourself accordingly. Um, Really, 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 I have to make a couple of public announcements here about um, censorship. Um, You know, I, I don't like to talk about this because I don't believe in it. I believe in giving the people all the information, let them make up their own mind and making the information, teaching them to use their critical thinking skills to determine the, whether it's fact or opinion and where it's document. It's not one of you know the story. So, but nevertheless, we have to promote ourselves through you through a couple of fat platforms, uh, primary of which is, of course, YouTube and and Facebook, and we have got quite a number of followers on YouTube. But now for the second time, uh, YouTube has taken us down. And the reason is for our open line Friday. And if you recall, we had a very articulate speaker call in Friday. And I knew darn good and well that when I heard him use the beep word that this probably was going to trigger artificial intelligence algorithms. And then once it did, the little millennials who are in charge of the planet of truth uh, get in. And so we've been removed yet again uh, from YouTube. So if you're looking for us there, you're not going to find us until they decide that, I don't know, we're harmless, I suppose. It's, um, it's, we're going to examine it and rethink it because, you know, our production guys, um, you, know, not, you know, not only do they have a lot of things they're doing while the show is going on, but on Open Line Friday, it's hard for me to imagine them hovering right there with their finger on a button to uh, censor the, the uh, caller. Or in this case, really, I think we'd have to hang up on the caller and so advise. Now, I started to break in a couple of times during the conversation on our guest, uh, uh, but I think it was uh, already, the, so to speak, the, the cows had gotten loose, if you will, and uh, away it went. So I just want to tell you that that's going on in America. And what I'm curious about is if I took a a snippet, if you will, out of the congressional January 6th hearings, took a snippet of their conversations as they are having them using those very same words and put them inside the show and let the algorithm hear those words not knowing who they had come from, or maybe the algorithm can tell since artificial intelligence is getting creepy. And uh, then would uh, the little millennials censor their own government? Because the government is doing the very same thing that the citizen was doing on Friday, if I recall all this correctly, but from a different point of view. So in a real debate, in a real college forum, in a real community forum, you don't hammer people for having a point of view that you don't like, you don't attack them personally. You go after the logic of their presentation with your own logic and then see how it works out. You know, at Santa Fe College, we used to give debate scholarships as athletic scholarships. If you were on the debate team at Santa Fe College, you had an athletic scholarship. And because athletics of the mind is every bit as important as 
athletics of the body. In fact, it probably is more important. And therefore, we have got a country right now that is hanging on to itself by its fingertips. And we are in the middle of this. Uh, as, as a newscaster, I'm part of the media, and you can see that if my media narrative fit the one you're getting from the New York Times, or you're getting uh, from anything in uh, some of these networks, uh, um, CNN and all the above, uh, I probably have a, a pass, I get a pass. But if the news, and this is what we are, we're the news uh, presented to you doesn't fit that particular um, a narrative, then it's not permissible. Now, a lot of people don't experience this and don't know it and don't even understand it. I'm sure our caller didn't know it, didn't understand it, and thought he was just presenting, which I thought also a very clear-eyed conversation about things that were important to the country done in a reasonable way. It was not extremist. It was not hysterical. And so we can only surmise that it is the actual words that trigger, because who knows, I tried to research this before the show and go out and find out how, uh, in this case, YouTube makes, divide, defines its community standards. And I couldn't, I, I hit a, I couldn't find it. I mean, there's nothing out there that explains it. Of course, if you go to try to find out on Google and Google and YouTube, are the same and and so how are you going to find out you know it's really quirky how are you going to find out how youtube quote unquote thinks if you go to google to find out which is associated with youtube so all i can tell you is that that combined with all of the voter beep that we've uncovered here and then the kicking the ball around that you've seen us report to you between the supervisor elections and the state attorney's office is all of the things which are contributing to us hanging on to the country with our fingertips. We could end up going the way of the so-called banana republic, where we have the real runaway inflation, uh, where you have people going through dumpsters for food, uh, where you have uh, dictators running the country with real, really severely impaired uh, input from the people, so we say. Um, so, you know, we, we, we could get that way. And there's a lot of people in this country who would like to see it that way, who like to, to believe that human behavior needs to be defined and disciplined, certain human behavior, certain be other human behaviors exonerated, completely left untouched and permissible. And we know that. We know there's a double standard. We know this thing is going on. And, and uh, uh, yet, how do, you, how do you talk about it? Uh, we know, for example, here locally, that we the things we give us and the things I'm going to talk with you about today, locally here, uh, you'll hear nowhere else. And and the reason we get it, and the reason the research team of uh, which consists of all of you citizens out there who contribute documents to us, and of course we check out this and do these documents and all that, are all part of the community forum. So if uh, you ever wondered. If censorship exists, yes, it is a live and hovering over every word I say. There's not a word I say which is not being listened to by, quote unquote, the narrative authorities. Um, you, you may think, uh, as I once heard the state attorney said about me, I had two little listeners. Well, those two little listeners are certainly... Uh, uh, in 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 the in the YouTube Facebook platform world, because they 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 listen every single day, every single moment, and they're listening uh, very closely to see to make sure because we've got the evidence, we've got the emails from them. If you go to YouTube now and try to sign, see this being broadcast, it's not going to be there, and uh, and then they have their increasing strikes and this and that one and another. So I don't know how we're going to resolve this. We appeal it. Last time we appealed one of these deals, they turned it down summarily. They don't give you any reasons. They don't, they're not human beings that you converse with. You can't chat line with somebody and have a reasonable argument, uh, a reasonable discussion. 
It's just not there. Uh, so uh, it's it's the world we're being uh, operating within that you may not realize is uh, ticking away. So I wanted to put that out there. Uh, we, we normally what we would be able to do is say uh, we have a disclaimer that the opinions of our guests who call in are not necessarily the opinions of us. You know, I don't think it'd make any difference because I don't think those algorithms that the millennials have got there listening to every word I say understand that. I, you know, it's not what sets them off, apparently. What sets them off is the presence of the word, now, or words, or narrative interpretation of events. And somehow, I guess maybe then they say they have a committee that listens. I'm trying to envision these committees, members. I'm trying to wonder to whom they gave their political contributions. We know that. We know where they give them. Um, and so, you know, then along comes a guy like Musk, who, and I don't get into Twitter. I don't think Twitter means much. Uh, I don't use it. I'm not too much interested in it. I don't read anything on it. But nevertheless, you know, all kind of hell breaks loose because he's thinking about buying it to make it more uh, open and less uh, censored. And all of a sudden, you know, uh, you know, you, you've got a problem. So, but as I say, I'm not, I'm not an enthusiast of that. Uh, the Trump social thing, I don't know if it'll catch on. Uh, very difficult for these platforms to get any kind of traction. Uh, the early guys who discovered America were basically three owners, really, if you think about it. And the base, the people who studied uh, the internet and created these platforms are basically just a couple of three owners, YouTube, Facebook, Google. And that's pretty much it. I mean, they're the big time players. Compare them to France, Spain, and England. And that's what you have. Uh, you know, I love, I love comparisons. I love analogies because it helps people understand things. If you're, if you're wondering about whether or not there's a platform war going on over control of people's minds, all you have to do is take a look at the war among the three countries of Spain, uh, France, and England to, to control the land here and the, and the people on it and how nasty that got and how ultimately through circumstance and uh, courage and you know, there became a kind of dominant force in those days um, that became Jefferson and his crowd of young intellectuals who had really grown up under the Enlightenment and the Magna Carta and all these things in Europe, but got out of Europe because there was this shutdown of thought there. We don't have really any place to go. Um, we, uh, you know, we could go, you know, I could go to blog writing. But blog writing is that's a lot different from an animated conversation uh, with people. Uh, radio stations, which I was fortunate enough to be on at one time, are governed by the Federal Communications Commission. Uh, there are things there that you really can't get into. And uh, most of the guys that are on the radio are kind of, for me anyway, kind of boring. I don't listen to them. Um, I, you know, the only one I ever listened to once in a while was uh, Limbaugh, because Limbaugh really drew in his people uh, close to him. It was almost like you had a living room chat with him. He talked to you as a person. and But it took him some 30, 35 years to build up that EIB network. And he had to have his own network. If he didn't have his own network, you know, he would have been subject to the ownership of people who are behind the scenes in Fox and behind the scenes in some of these other deals. And what happens is these owners... Uh, have monopolies on on the on the on the narrative, and um, so it's one more institution that's under a lot of stress. Um, I don't view it as stress for me because I view what I do as a community service. So if they shut me down, they're shutting down the community voice, and I don't know if you have any way to effectively protest it. Um, I, I don't. I don't think they would respond in the millennial platform world to any kind of community pressure, even though they say they have the definition of community standards in their pocket. That's what they always use when they say, well, we're gonna remove you for a while till you understand our community standards. Basically with us, the community standards is questioning the narrative. Uh, uh, you know, and you know, the narrative is really the narrative, the acceptable narrative uh, started with Obama. 
And Obama hired, as I've said before, a failed novelist. In other words, a guy who knew how to construct fiction, but the fiction he constructed for his own personal uh, uh, interest wasn't very successful, yet he knew how to construct fiction. So Obama hired him, put him in a, a room below his Oval Office and said, spin out the narrative I want the people to believe. And that started. And the guy started spinning it out every day. And then he gave it to the news guys who are it's a couple of things wrong with the news guys are either lazy or incompetent or poorly educated. Um, they don't really do a very good job. I know very, very few who know how to dig and know the uh, know what's relevant, and what isn't. And, and they're governed by uh, advertising. And, and I am, too. I mean, we, we cling to uh, it, I, don't, I don't make any money on this in case you ever wonder. Uh, I just I'm just here. You know, it's kind of a community service. We pay our production costs and uh, we also, you know, get held up once in a while by uh, these agencies that want money for records that they uh, use as a firewall. Uh, but we don't we don't do this that way. And it's tough to get sponsors, you know, because uh, the woke people will drive by and, and intimidate them and all that. And we got a few donors and God bless them that they keep us going. Uh, but but uh, the ultimate pressure that's on. Uh, some of these people uh, in, the, in the television industry and places like that, you know, have to do directly with their relationship or lack of with sponsors. They're kind of in a way owned by them. And you have to watch yourself that you don't become totally reliable, uh, reliant on. We got great sponsors here, R&R Construction, um, Melton Law, On the Spot Cleaners. Man, if you need something clean, you go there. Patronize our sponsors. These guys are, are all about not necessarily agreeing with me, but defending my right to say it. And that, that's what is important. Uh, you know, you defend, uh, shoot GTRs, or, uh, those guys, or if you want to go to a safe range and be uh, under the hands of guys who know what they're doing. You, I mean, I don't just accept any sponsor, by the way. Um, and, you know, so it works kind of both ways. And, 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 uh, and you know, so far, you know, we, we're, we're – we're moving forward. But if you wonder where we are out on YouTube, we're not there now for a while. Now we're going to appeal it. And, uh, um, you know, I, I, but I don't know if that's going to be very successful. So that's, that's my spiel right now on, uh, on censorship. It is alive and well, believe me. The title of today's show is Truth Beckons because somewhere in the middle of all this um, is, is the truth. And I'm going to get into a local story here in a minute. And I'm going to go through it very methodically and carefully with you and let you decide the truth. Because the number one question I get asked about the Drotos versus Bosshart uh, uh, community issue is who sent the, the, the uh, who sent the SWAT team. And when I go through the document, I can now have I now have permission to go through. I'm going to go through it very carefully for you and explain it. And then you can draw your conclusions about who you think. Uh, sent uh, sent the uh, SWAT team to a, a commercial office. Style Cuts, by the way, another great sponsor. You go down there and, and let David or Casey take care of you, and you'll be very happy and have a lot of fun. Uh, the um, um, Probably there's no uh, – let me see if I got – uh, the other thing I want to declare locally is that we had Ed Braddy on yesterday, and, of course – after the show, Ed went down and declared uh, our candidate for the Alachua County Commission to run against Mary Helen Wheeler. I know Mary Helen Wheeler. She's a very nice lady. Um, and, you know, she once remarked she was just so surprised and pleased at how polite I was with her. But why wouldn't I be? You know, I mean, that's a human being, for God's sakes. But on the other hand, I mean, you know, the difference between Mary Helen Wheeler and Ed Braddy on the commission dais is night and day. Uh, it, you know, I, and I certainly am going to pull for Ed because Ed is the most knowledgeable person about government that is, could be on that dais. That I mean, absolutely knows government inside out. He may, in, because he's there, pull Ramey Glenn along in his draft, if you will. I'm talking now in the language of automobile racing, where uh, you'll get pulled along by the leader 
and sit there behind him. And therefore you're going faster than you could go by yourself. Um, um, that certainly would be the case. I mean, his presence in the race, well, only can, can only help Glenn. Uh, it, she's, she's by herself. Um, they chew her up and spit her out. But with her, with a team now of, of, of two Republicans there, um, that's a little different. I don't remember when we, you know, well, once upon a time we did, but a couple of them weren't very, very, very viable. Uh, we had more than one at one time, um, um, but it, it, you know, it was, it, the other two didn't have a chance. So um, here you've got real opportunity to make an effective change and God knows it needs it. Uh, just in terms of single member districts, if I were to, uh, and that will be an issue, you know, coming up in the fall. Uh, as I said the other day, if you could imagine how much different this uh, county would be if you gave just the city of Gainesville one representative on the county commission, and then you gave the southern part of the county a representative and the eastern part of the county a representative and the northern part of the county a representative and the western part of the county a representative, you would have five truly interesting conversations on the dais because they would be coming from different base, a different base. The base in Newberry is far different from the base in Hawthorne. And the base in Alachua, and Alachua really is, you know, I'm, I'm sort of upset. You know, I'm disappointed in Alachua. There's not any leadership in Alachua. It's getting by basically on some of the work that we did, preparatory work that we did 10 years ago for these fellows. And they've been kind of coasting along with it. Um, I'm not very high on, I'm, I'm sorry. I just have to speak the truth. I'm not very high on the leadership of the city of Alachua. And um, so, I, you know, it, nevertheless, if you had a representative from that area, you would prevent a Mike Byerly as he did when I was involved with the city of Alachua, uh, from coming from his quote unquote district, which is Archer, the southeast, uh, southwestern part of the county, up to Alachua to get in the, involved with issues in Alachua that had to do with growth, where he didn't live and he never would live. He lived in Micanopy. So uh, you would change at least the discussions tremendously if they if you and they're not going to do that by the way now they would they would faint before they would do it that way to give the city of Gainesville one representative on the county commission which is all they deserve because there are nine municipal governments in Alachua County and if you take Alachua County itself then there's 10 by count right uh, but there are nine municipal governments why in the world should the city of Gainesville dominate the, 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 the needs and interests of the other nine municipal governments. Don't forget, we've got Waldo, we've got La Crosse. Uh, you know, why, why, would, why would anybody presume that the duck pond and the eggheads from around the university, and God knows they're all over the place, all you have to do is look at them, they're wearing masks. And one of the things that's all over the news networks now is Fauci has COVID. And Fauci has been vaccinated and quadruple boosted and double mask and still gets COVID. I mean, I, you know, I, I, you know, so, you, you know, you can find the liberals in this community uh, just by looking at the ones wearing masks right now. So, so they're, they're, I'm saying my point is here, it's different. You know, people are diverse and come from different areas. And, you know, let's respect the diversity. Let's give Gainesville a representative, but let's not give Gainesville five representatives. Because if you go look at the Charter Review Committee, and I wrote an article about this, which the Sun printed. If you take a look at the Charter Review Committee, it had 10 members. I believe it was 10 in the chair. I can't remember right now exactly. But, but uh, the majority of them, eight of them, were from Gainesville. It was a Gainesville-centric Charter Review Committee. And so you can, you can bet that single-member districts didn't have a snowball's chance of being put on the ballot when you had eight people if memory served me right, on the Charter Review Committee from Gainesville had no interest in or no understanding even of the needs of the rural community because they didn't live in it. I mean, they didn't. 
raise cattle. They, you know, they went to the store. They didn't know anything about the pressures of the, of, on the rural land to sustain and, and, and protect the rural land. They had no idea what the heck that was about. And so this really, the single member districts thing is more of a rural versus urban than it is a Democrat versus Republican. And you're gonna have to factor in some of the independents and you're gonna have to factor in some of the um, kind of group that's interested in a whole nother alternative is a separate county called Springs County. So maybe uh, there is enough malcontent right now, discontent, I guess, um, to, to muster enough votes to put in a couple of people. Uh, uh, and certainly Ed understands rural issues because he, he, he understands me and I understand him. And so, you know, I can talk to him uh, and I, can, I, I feel somebody hears me. Um, Mary Helen, nice lady, she used to sit next to me in the forums and she said, mind if I sit with you, Ward, because I know what to say, what the issues are when I listen to you and what you say. So anyway, that was kind of useless flattering. Um, but she meant it. But so so what? I mean, it didn't <laughs> it didn't change the election outcome. Heretofore, the way the thing is now, the Democrats could run a no name that you'd never heard of, and he'd be on the county commission. Republicans can't do that, and that's what's exciting about Ed Brady. He has enormous name recognition. And he's also been beat up and brutalized already by the Democrat left while he was the mayor. So there ain't nothing else they can do to him. He's been through that. And besides, uh, you know, if you live in a glass house, you shouldn't be throwing rocks. And that Democrat Party is filled uh, with all kinds of shenanigans that really, really are protected from the public view by the judicial system and the um, and the newspapers and the education system. And the other thing that's going to be interesting, of course, is the first time people have actually gotten very interested in what's going on in school board races. That finally has become uh, something that people are interested in because there's a lot of funny stuff going on over there in that uh, school system. And the idea of people coming out of there with a real education from K through 12 has been kind of put on the back burner, whereas the idea of coming out with uh, certain proper attitudes, in other words, subscribing to the proper narrative, have replaced the basic fundamental needs to uh, actually uh, educate the kids and teach them how to survive in a competitive world. Um, I'm gonna start my conversation about uh, our local mystery, as soon as we take a break here at the bottom of the hour on the Word Scott Files, I believe we have production back there listening to me. And uh, uh, we'll see uh, if that's the case. Uh, this is Ward Scott. And I want to thank all our sponsors who keep the show going and pay the bills. The Ward Scott Files premium sponsors are Crime Prevention Security Systems, large enough to serve you, small enough to care. Melvin Law, the only official injury partner of the Florida Gators. The Ward Scott Files Gold sponsors are Maurice T. McDaniel, Shoot GTR, On the Spot Dry Cleaners, RR Construction, and Style Cuts. If you are interested in promoting your business on the show, you can visit our website, www.wardscottfiles.com and click on the Advertise Here banner on the right side of the page or call my friend Freddie at 352-284-3733. Again, thank you to all the great businesses that support the Ward Scott Files. And remember, if you like the show, thank our sponsors and support the businesses that support us. What you just said is one of the most insanely idiotic things I have ever heard. Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it. May God have mercy on your soul. Or that very much surprises me that you've never been tased. You can't handle the truth! All bees poop. A warthog. He's gonna come up the steps. Here he comes. Oh my goodness, and he's huge. 
Hello, boy. I wonder if we can pet him. Hi, boy. Can we touch him? No, don't. Help me! Help! Help! You can't handle the truth! All right, welcome back to Ward Scott Files. Uh, Professor Ward Scott here in the Manly Warhol Command Center inside the Melon Law Studio, uh, the uh, only official law firm partner of the Florida Gators, a full-service legal service, too, is, by the way, uh, and protected by crime prevention, cpss.net. So um, we are here now. I'm going to give you the latest installment on the mystery in the community of who sent the uh, SWAT team to um, a commercial real estate office and pointed guns at people's heads who had nothing to do with uh, any of the alleged... Uh, violations. And this, uh, 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 this report uh, was first filed in this, uh, this, uh, uh, this uh, emergency, this is an emergency motion for return of property. And it, it is made on the behalf of Jason Hurst and Nicola Moreland and Bennett Harrell, who happened to be, just as you and I might have been, uh, happened to be in uh, the Brotos Riles office, Collier's International, when uh, the rap on the door came and the fully loaded, armed, violent uh, suppressors uh, known as the SWAT team um, came busting in and, and, um, and um, tied us up, marched us out and took our property. And it's the taking of the property that this is, uh, this, uh, uh, Emergency motion for return of property is filed. It was filed by Jeff Shelder, Shelder's law office, August 3rd, 2021. Now, we're not quite a year away, but we're pretty close. We're getting there. And the defendant is uh, the Gainesville Police Department and one detective, Ronald Pinkston. As nearly as I can tell from the narration in the uh, arbitrator's findings, and now this, the last person in Gainesville Police Department to certify the response of the Gainesville Police Department. Now, I'm assuming that this detective would not have ultimately been able to do it without the blessing of Tony Jones, and the awareness, at least in an official way, probably, of Brian Kramer. So now, and by the way, Drotos has not got all his property back yet, but this was filed because Jason Hurst, uh, down to the watch on his arm, was, as I understand it, was confiscated. So I'm going to go through this, and I'm, I'm going to read through this to you and uh, explicate, as we say, in the world. In other words, comment on this to so make sure you kind of grasp what's going on here. Um, uh, this is Jason, this is filed on behalf of Jason Hurst in the 8th Judicial Circuit uh, in August 3rd, 2021. And it was, uh, uh, had to do with property seized in, I'm reading the language of the, of the document, property seized in connection with a criminal proceeding. And since these people are not in the criminal proceeding, these people here, uh, uh, the lawyers are asking the court to return uh, the, to the property um, uh, that was taken, and um, and and here we here we go. Now I'm going to read the introduction to you, and let you listen to it. On June, this is the introduction of the request filed by the lawyer. On June second, 2021, pursuant a false police report a false police report and based upon a deeply flawed, if not outright, and I can't use the word, outright beep application for a search warrant. So there was a beep application for a search warrant based upon deeply flawed, and we'll tell you what that deeply flawed information was in a little bit, um, materially featuring, by the way, in that 
deeply flawed, was false statements, misstatements of fact and material omissions of well-known exculpatory information. Based upon of the information that GPD was given, GPD having improperly characterized the search of a peaceful, well-established local business as a high-risk search, deployed its SWAT team to violently seize the premises and detain several persons, uh, including movements, movements, and that's the Hearst and these people mentioned on the lawyers arguing on behalf of, while conducting a search. Movement, movements are not suspects or persons of interest, nor did they have any connection to the quote unquote case. And here comes the thing that worries the public so much, except for having been in the wrong place at the wrong time. Notwithstanding all that, GPD seized and has indefinitely detained all movements, valuable and mission critical electronic devices, right down to move, movements, her smartwatch. GPD violated its own policies and the express limits of the court approved search warrant, which would have required GPD detectives to have a good faith belief that movements property was reasonably likely to be involved in the alleged crime, which GPD cannot possibly show. So what we have here uh, alleged on by the attorney is really irresponsible behavior by GPD. If you want to come in and hold a gun on Drotos and Ron, who are, incidentally were not even there as I understand it, that's one thing. But to come in and hold the gun on just anybody who happens to be sitting there is another thing. And I want to tell you, my friends, this right here is going to be a big problem going forward for GPD. A big problem for the state attorney. What kind of airhead does this kind of stuff? What kind of responsible Law enforcement group at all does this sort of thing. Is an issue this community should be intensely involved in. So all this lawyer is arguing for back in August of 2021 is for GPD to return the property to these innocent people. And by not doing it, GPD has violated these innocent people's due process rights. Now, I'm going to go on with this because it's uh, the language is tough and it's to the point. So right now is Detective Pinkston, who is the dude who declared bring in the heavy artillery until I understand differently. That seems to be the direction this argument is going. And then GPD collective uh, group that signs off on this. Uh, these people, the lawyer is arguing, were bystanders of the search. They are employees of College International. They were unlucky enough to be in the building at the time that the illegal search, now remember, this lawyer is arguing that the search itself was illegal because it was based on beat information being given to the cops. Now, there's a story behind that, that I can't tell yet, but there's a story about how that information came to be, shall we say, pushed into the cops' hands. And there's a story about why the cops took it. Um, the story is going to come out and I will get to it, but I won't get to it today. But you can begin to put two and two together, I think. Now, 
It's true that Hearst is a real estate broker in this document. Moreland is an analyst and a student at the University of Florida. And Harrell is an associate real estate broker. Uh, they were surveilled by GPD as they arrived to work on the morning of the search. They were ordered at gunpoint out of the building. I'm reading from the document now. Searched, physically restrained. Are you kidding me? You cannot be serious. You cannot be serious. Physically restrained and then detained in local custody for several hours during the search. Now, the thing that they cops were led to believe was that the damaging evidence was on those computers. This is not in the document. I'm just telling you that. And that if they didn't arrive with guns out, they might rush and beat the computers, I guess, and, and do what Hillary Clinton did. Beat them up and pour acid on them, I guess. I, I don't know what's going through it, the minds of reasonable people at this time. At anyway, this document in plain English here says uh, they were frog, these people were frog, frog marched out of the building in handcuffs. And upon approaching the premises and asking what was going on, there's a person here named Bennett Harrell, who is an associate real estate broker. He was searched and detained for seven. So here's the thing. You and I could have wandered up there. And because we wandered up there, they would have snagged us, right? And slam locked the door on us too. None of these people, according to this legal document I'm reading from, None, and by the way, it's the only grammatical error I see in the, in the narrative, and it's frequently done. This writer says none are, and none is a singular, okay? And, you know, just get this in your mind while I'm teaching. None of the movements, not, not Mr. Hearst, Mr. Harrell, or M.S. Moreland, are alleged. See, none means is alleged. The writer should change this and never do this again if you want to pass my scrutiny. None is an alleged perpetrator. It is a singular, not a collective. And he does the same thing in the next sentence. None of them are. No, none of them is. Should be. In the contentious, longstanding, civil, civil lawsuit between Bosshart, the alleged victim, and Daniel Drotos and Michael Riles, the alleged perpetrators. And I'm going to change this grammatical error again. None of the movements is a suspect in the alleged crime. None of them is named, change it again, in the application for a search warrant. Their only connection to this criminal case. Now, remember, the lawyer calls it a civil situation, but the cops have made it a criminal case. The criminal case is that, and this probably is where, guess who, Kramer comes in is that they were all unlucky enough to have wandered into GPD's indiscriminate crosshairs on the morning of June 2, 2021. There you go. That, my friends, I predict is going to blow up into a very, it should. Now, I don't know. You know, that was not, I'm convinced, a legally permitted rap party on homecoming weekend when Tony Jones was influenced by Gigi Simmons to go out there and provide that rap party some police protection. He couldn't get police protection. All these guys were over at the University of Florida. So he went with some police captains who hated it, by the way, and there still end up, ended up a shooting. From a guy who was a convicted felon. I'm convinced that also. But nobody pushed that issue. And I was already at that moment very wary of GPD. Somebody down there doesn't understand this community. Doesn't understand the process. Apparently. Well, this really fleshes it out even more. So... Having had a complete opportunity 
to inquire with all the movements and determine their lack of connection to the case, GPD nevertheless seized or confiscated the movement's personal property on the morning of the search under the unlikely theory that it might contain evidence of a crime, a crime that to this day remains undescribed with any particularity. Huh? And at the time of this writing, no one had been charged. Now, I predict what's going to happen out of here is that Kramer's going to look for a way out of this. He's going to want to drop this. Now, I got news for him. Him dropping it, it's not going to change the, the storm that's coming. But he's going to look for a way to drop it. And what he's going to look for is one of these parties that has been wrongly accused request that he drop it. You see, that would make it, that would give him cover. That would give him cover. I've got that figured out. That would give him cover. He just now can't come along and on his own say, okay, this is over. We've had enough. You know, stop it. Go back to your parts of town. Live your lives. Because he brought it on. He participated in it occurring. So he can't just arbitrarily, this is my hypothesis here for you. He can't just arbitrarily say, oh, well, it's all a mistake. I'll call it off. That is not going to look good either because that will make him look as if he's, as I've been saying all along, not yet dry behind the ears. And but I, by that, I mean, doesn't know what serious crime is, how to deal with it. If you, you know, it, it, you know, this V8 thing and all the, you know, it just is Looney Tunes. But anyway, I'm just reading for this. Now, here we go. False predicate created by the application. In late May 2021, GPD Detective Ronald Pinkston executed upon penalty of perjury an application and affidavit for a search warrant, which is attached here to as Exhibit B. And the application claims that Lauren Edwards, Drotos Riles, and Roy Casso, the brokers, terminated their employment in Boss Hart on March 2019, when in fact, Boss Hart was the one who terminated the notice period two days later on March 6, 2019. So there is alleged by this attorney on behalf of his clients, a misstatement, shall we say. Shall we say. Point two, the application omits the material fact that at the time the police report was filed, Boss Hart and the brokers, which the brokers hereafter defined as Grotos Riles, had been engaged for almost a year in a highly contentious civil dispute over nearly a million dollars in unpaid sales commissions. And we now know how that all worked out. It's a, a judgment on behalf of Grotos and Riles of almost a million and a half. So the parties had impasse at mediation uh, less than two weeks. It should be fewer than two weeks, fewer for what you can measure. That's the only other grammatical error I find in this document. Fewer than two weeks before defendant Bosshart filed the police report against the plaintiffs, Riles and Rotos. A fact, here we go, that would have significantly informed the court about the predicate for the police report and subsequent SWAT search. Now, point three is very interesting. If you're following in this case, the application appears designed to mislead the court in two material ways. One, it described the timeline of events out of order. And two, misleadingly suggests that Drotos and Edwards accessed the online app files drive without permission. And there is an email exchange in this document, I want to let you know, between Aaron Bossart that says the opposite. Okay, that's included in this. So the application misleadingly reverses the order of presentation of two key facts, reciting the fact of Edward's termination of employment 
in March 2019 first, and then on the next page of the application, reciting the downloading of the 160 files, which happened earlier in February, to create the false, the suggestion of a false timeline that the 160 files had been taken after termination and without permission. And that after termination uh, is a italicized, italicized phrase for emphasis. So the application misleadingly averse facts again out of date order to create the false impression that Drotos had accessed the app files drive without permission. This is the basis, by the way, for sending the cavalry. See, so it was based on false information. Now the cops, here's the point. The cops acted violently on false information. And I gotta tell you, I'm sorry to say this, but this is not a new story. This is not a new story. But usually what happens when it's dramatically captured in the papers is they knock on the wrong door and shoot some guy who pulls his gun because he thinks there's somebody invading his home and he gets in a gunfight with the cops and he's not the guy the cops should have been knocking on the door of. That's generally the way this goes down. And that's where you've got maybe living next door to this innocent, hapless soul, the real perpetrator. So the application accomplishes this by first reciting the fact of Brotos's termination of employment in March 2019, and then later citing an earlier mail from Brotos sent three months before he left Bossart at a time when Brotos inarguably had full and unrestricted permission to access the app files drive. So you can't steal from the drive when you had permission to access the drive. And to make it look as if you hadn't had uh, permission, this document here alleges you falsely stated the timeline. The application obscures the fact that the email predated the termination of Drotos by falsely attributing it to the impossible date of June 5th and it has a 2029 here. And uh, here is uh, probably an error, date error in, this, in, in the scribe. Uh, so uh, that's been accounted for with a footnote. So uh, the application falsely claims, and we'll use that word for you, that Lauren Edwards, while she was still employed by Bossart, and before giving her notice, lacked permission to download the 160 files between February 11th and February 27th, 2019. At no time did Edwards lack permission to access the app files drive. But as Detective Pinkston must have known well, Edwards legally accessed the files at the time she was employed at Balsart through March 6, 2019. The application omits the material fact that while she was employed at Balsart, Lauren Edwards always had unlimited permission to access the 160 files. The application omits the material fact that prior to the termination of their employment at Bossart, the brokers had entered into a separation agreement giving the brokers permission to continue pursuing the sales leads and deals to which the 160 files related. I'm telling you, I'm telling you, this is about as close to the nitty gritty as you can get. The application omits the material fact that it was not until August 2019, months after termination, when Alan Balsart finally closed access to the app files drive, having intentionally allowed the brokers to have continuing access to the app files drive. And the application omits the material fact that at the time the application for search warrant was presented to the court, Balsart had never even raised any claim in at that time, 10 month old civil case for misappropriation of trade secrets or unauthorized computer access against any of the broker's alleged perpetrators. Had this court been provided with a truthful application, it would never have approved the warrant. Now, we go into Detective Pinkston, particularly. Let me take a gulp here.
while the brokers were employed at Boss Hart, they stored files related to the various commercial real estate deals and leads on which they were working on the app files drive. The brokers managed the files, created them, and used them daily in the ordinary course of business. Between February 11 and February 27, 2019, Lauren Edwards downloaded 160 files from the app drive, which she had complete freedom and permission to do. The brokers commonly downloaded files from the app drive. The application uses the 160 figure to create a misleading and false impression that the downloading activity was unusual in some way or happened on a singular occasion, which is factually incorrect. So there's a lot of stuff here. And here are the actual emails from Aaron Bosshart, Friday, August 2nd, 2019, to Mike Riles. Uh, uh, yes, we didn't think you were using it as everything we get has been the old fashioned way. Now, here's the, 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 the preceding email that led to that conclusion. And it's, uh, it's uh, Aaron, has my, our access to app files been terminated? I need the critical dates from one of our files that will hopefully close next month and couldn't get in. Signed, Mike. It's Mike Riles. And, 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 and uh, Walsart replies, yes, we didn't think you were using it. Well, and there's some more emails here, which are pretty much smoking guns. Um, as late as March 27, 2019, as Detective Pinkston surely knew, Boss Hart's IT staff was still working to transfer the website and the broker's entire email server over to Collier's. This transfer included all the files, attachments, email history, customer lists, proposals, and so forth. And then there's emails here that support that. And um, um, most egregiously, I'm going to skip over to Pinkston. Most egregiously, Detective Pinkston failed to disclose to uh, this court that Boss Hart, the alleged victim, the party who filed the police report, and the broker's alleged suspects were all parties to a contentious ongoing commercial civil dispute and had just completed pre-suit mediation when the police report was filed. Um, so there was a withholding uh, by Pinkston, this alleges, of a material fact that would have. Uh, furthermore, this uh, document um, points out that Pinkston never identified what a trade secret is. Um, I doubt that. I doubt he knew. You know, I, I you know, I, I, you could probably hold it under his nose, and he wouldn't know what a trade secret is. Um, you know, so that's all the crux of this. I'm running out of time here, but uh, this is this is the um, so for, for those of you who are who are, are are looking for, and we're getting closer for you. You can kind of. Uh, I know a couple of you in the community are very interested because you called me. Um, um, so you're getting, you're getting close to where um, this allegation of this law uh, request by this lawyer is that the initial police report was false and that Bossart knew or had reason to know uh, this. And so um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hold it there for you. But um, this is a high-risk search, uh, and there's more to go. If you want to hear more, I'll get into it a little bit more and complete it tomorrow. It's very interesting if you're so inclined to, to follow. You have the kind of mind that follows details. And I'm um, 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 looking at some of the things that Jim Murphy's posted here. Um, Yes, I think, uh, Jim Murphy, there will be a lawsuit against GPD. That's my word. I, I'm, I'm just saying what I've been told. There will be lawsuits against GPD and Brian Kramer. Okay, we're back tomorrow. Have a great day. Warthog Command Center out.